This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. A warning, this episode contains explicit language. Bad Bunny isn't just one of the biggest stars in reggaeton or one of the biggest stars in Latin music. He's one of the biggest stars in music, period. Last year's Un Verano Sin Ti was a blockbuster. It topped the charts for months and won a Grammy and helped make Bad Bunny the most streamed artist on Spotify for a third straight year. Now Bad Bunny returns with another supersized album called Nadi Sabe Lo Que Va A Pasar Mañana. I'm Stephen Thompson, and today on NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, we are talking about Bad Bunny. This message comes from NPR sponsor Squarespace. Kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI, generating instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. No matter the placement, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Use code HAPPYHOUR to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mattress Firm. How do you sleep at night? No matter what might be keeping you up, Mattress Firm can help anyone sleep. Mattress Firm will find you the right mattress from a wide selection of top brands at every budget. Plus, if you see a lower price somewhere else, they'll match it up to 120 nights with their low price guarantee. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night. Restrictions apply. See mattressfirm.com or store for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor CarMax. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because CarMax believes you shouldn't just settle for a car, you should love your car. That's why every car they sell has CarMax certified quality, so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. Don't settle. Find love at first drive. Start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mattress Firm. How do you sleep at night? Mattress Firm can help anyone sleep at night. Mattress Firm's sleep experts receive 200-plus hours of training annually to help you get your best rest. Upgrade your sleep with a Tempur-Pedic mattress made with a -a one-of-a-kind, infinitely adaptable temper material for exceptional support to help alleviate aches and pains. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night. Joining me today is Ana Maria Sayer, one of the hosts of Alt Latino from NPR Music. Hey, Ana Maria. Well, hey there, Stephen. It is great to have you here. Also with us is Isabella Gomez Sarmiento. She is a producer on NPR's Culture Desk and the Book of the Day podcast. Hey, Isabella. Hello. Thank you for having me. It is great to have you both. We have already listed some superlatives and milestones about Bad Bunny's last album, Un Verano Sin Ti, but here are a few more. It was the first entirely Spanish-language album to be nominated for the Grammy for Album of the Year. It also topped Billboard's year-end albums chart. Now, 
now he's back with his fifth album. It's called Nadi Sabe Lo Que Va A Pasar Mañana, which loosely translates to Nobody Knows What Is Going To Happen Tomorrow. The album is already this year's most streamed album on Spotify in a single day. It finds him wrangling with the trappings of fame amid the sounds of trap and electronic music, as well as the reggaeton sounds that helped make him an icon. Let's hear a little bit of the song Where She Goes. Isabella Gomez Sarmiento, give me your first impressions of Nadi Sabe Lo Que Va A Pasar Mañana. So, I mean, it feels like Bad Bunny's musical homecoming. Last album was such a wide range of Caribbean rhythms, and this is like straight trap, right? This is what Mm -hmm. Bad Bunny became known for initially in Puerto Rico and outside of the island. This is what a lot of his hardcore, like, early day fans really wanted from him. He teased at it in the last album. You know, he said he was going to put out a, a Latin trap album soon. So it really feels like he's leaning into his rap skills, his game. It feels like he's you know, making it clear that he can do a lot of different things, but that this is his bread and butter. Okay. How about you, Ana Maria? I think it's really interesting you said that that you frame it as a homecoming because I do think in many ways, like, it is that for him. He's very comfortable in this space, for sure. I think he stretched himself a bit more um, stylistically on the last record, although not to say that he doesn't really play on this album. He does stylistically play he goes electronic he goes even like r&b at some points like very american r&b to me he does a lot of different things that we haven't necessarily heard from him before but at the same time i think to me part of his coming home here is it's a security thing it's a comfort thing in that i i think you hear thematically on this record he is grappling with a lot i myself as a fan for context, for disclaimer, I am a fan. So everything that I say is <laughs> from that lens. But I think that he is kind of um, searching for something, seeking something, and, and you hear that on display here. And I think that the sonic decisions that he made really reflect where he is personally um, and as an artist that he that he chose to go for here. One thing that really jumped out at me about this record is that trap sound that gives it a little bit of a samey quality. Over the course of 80 Minutes, I appreciated the way there are points where he brings in a certain cinematic quality, mm-hmm. kind of big strings will come in. There are some interesting samples that, that pop up from unexpected places. But there are also stretches of this album that really seem focused on him kind of diatribing. Mm-hmm. And that trap sound really allows him to put those vocals forward and put those sentiments forward. But I did find myself kind of hooking into this record a little bit more in its back half, which feels mm-hmm. a little bit more focused on songs that have a little bit more more vibrancy to their arrangements. But on balance, I mean, it's a Bad Bunny record. He super serves you. He gives you 22 songs <laughs> in 81 minutes or whatever. You know, so you're going to find mo- moments that drag and you're fi- going to find moments that really, really grab you. I really love, Stephen, how you pointed out the cinema of this record because mm-hmm. that is to me like immediately, even in his strong trap moments. There is a cinematic, a dramatic experience to all of it, both in in the sonic expression and also just lyrically what he does. And I think the second I I started on the record, I was hooked by those beautiful strings. He even does a sample on the second song, Monaco, of a Charles Aznavour song, which is beautiful. I mean, it's moving. It's like the type of string that just like hits you in the chest. Absolutely. Dime, 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 esto es lo que tú querías. 
Yo soy fino, esto es trap de galería. Tú eres un charro, Rocky de aquí, una porquería. Yo un campeón, Rocky Marciano. Rocky But at the same time, when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is dangerous. <laughs> to me, this is dangerous because this man has gone so cinematic, so dramatic. It's like, you know he's at that moment where he is like, I am at the top, 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 top. Mm -hmm. And everything I do has to be grandiose. And to me, even the trap sections of it feel that way. And it is very much echoed, I think, in the way that he talks about himself and his life and where he's at, that you get to hear that. And so in many ways, I think him him doing something like that, it, it's beautiful and it's captivating. And it's also like, oh, is he a person who's on the precipice of someone who's at the top who's maybe struggling to not fall off the cliff? Yeah, no, I agree, because I think like what you were saying earlier, right, he's clearly anticipating something. He's reacting to something. This feels mm -hmm. even though like obviously Un Verano Sin Ti was his big global breakout album that was like so expansive in so many ways. This feels like him actually grappling with being an international mm -hmm. superstar and him like, you know, he addresses so much of it, you know, throwing the phone, obviously his relationship with Kendall Jenner, which I'm sure we'll get more into later. I can't <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like he's really like hyper conscious of his place in music and really hyper conscious of how that comes across, which is, again, why I think the trap and the rap is like a comforting thing for him to come back to, for him to make sense of those feelings and of this like. You know, he says it himself, he's at his prime of him to make sense of where he is in his career and whether he's kind of standing alone at that precipice that you're talking about. Well, I wanted to talk about the themes of this record, especially for for people who are listening who may come into this record with a language barrier. They're pretty foregrounded. You mentioned an incident with a phone, like there was a controversy where he threw a fan's phone and he like speaks to that straight up on this record. You know, he's 29. He talks about wanting to retire from music at 33. There's a certain amount of grievance peddling <laughs> that's going yeah. on on this record, right? Yeah, I mean, Bad Bunny has always been known for his authenticity. He is through and through exactly who he wants to be all the time, always. And he, he really talks about very much where he's at. He puts it on full display. And he also says, he's like, I whoever said I wanted to be an example? Like, mm -hmm. I never said that. And he, he he presents that concept a lot as well. And it feels like this record is almost him preemptively fighting against the criticism at times. It's almost him going to people and saying, well, I know you're going to want this, this, and this for me, but I'm Bad Bunny and I do trap and this is where <laughs> I'm at and you're going to have to meet me where I'm at. And it's this really interesting thing where he's like almost posing that his music isn't for everybody like he's he's really interested in this concept of the real fans like mm -hmm. who's really with me but i'm not fooled like to me i think he still very much wants every single person in the world to love him but it does feel as though on this record as the fans were being tested it's like in order to know that he's loved to receive that love he has to like restrict who gets to experience his it's a very interesting thing that i only think happens to artists when they reach this certain level yeah. where it's like their their worst enemy is themselves mm -hmm. yeah and the double-edged sword of that is always finding ways to continue to be relatable Right. Mm -hmm. Like I've said the same sort of thing about Taylor Swift all the time of like Taylor Swift can write songs about her experiences that feel universal, you know, to people who are not Taylor Swift. But she also writes songs that are specifically about <laughs> the grievances associated with being one of the world's biggest pop stars. And mm -hmm. I feel like he's really tiptoeing on that line 
on this record a lot of like how much of this record is is broadly relatable to the people mm-hmm. listening to it versus they're checking in with Bad Bunny about what's getting under Bad Bunny's skin today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Stephen, because I think one of my biggest concerns before this album came out was that I feel like so much of Bad Bunny's musical identity has been rooted in being Puerto Rican and, you know, mm-hmm. representing the ordinary people of Puerto Rico, the working class people of Puerto Rico. Obviously, he has entered this new level of fame. He's living in L.A. He's, you know, hanging out with the Kardashians. He's playing Coachella. He's at this he's like a movie star. He's a movie star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's at this elite level of of stardom. He's a WWE wrestler. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, he's at the F1 races in Monaco. Like, I was so worried that is that going to create a vacuum in his work? And is that how is that going to translate into authenticity if he's no longer producing from a place that so many people relate to? And I feel like he really stepped up to the plate in that sense on this album. I mean, I think especially the song Acho PR, which is, you know, I think Bad Bunny always shines the most when he's speaking directly to his fans in Puerto Rico and to what the people means to him. I think that song is such a beautiful example of that where he's like, you know, I'm singing for you guys. I'm speaking to you guys. I care most about what you guys are saying. So I think he does find a way to sort of level those two things, you know, of like being an ordinary person and making music that's universal for ordinary people, but also grappling with being one of the biggest stars in the world and and knowing what comes with that, you know? Mm -hmm. I fear that what he actually did here might get lost in the lyrics because realistically, like he brought on a ton of amazing collaborators. He always is excellent at that. And not only just bringing on like really talented musicians who elevate the songs, but also who, you know, he really elevates voices as well. Like Mm -hmm. he brings on artists who it makes sense, who are Puerto Rican, who are really doing innovative things in the space or who are legends or various things like that. And he did that. He sonically really did, you know, play with a lot of really amazing sounds. Like he, he really, you can hear still this, this respect that he has for the sonic legacy that he is kind of bringing to the world. And I think that to me, was not lost. It was very much at the forefront of this record. But because of what he spoke about, because of the way that he presented himself, I do fear that people will hear those words and forget about the sonic underbelly that is respect on this record. And so it's a really interesting thing where he has always spoken exactly about his experiences and he has not shifted in that regard. He's doing the exact same thing here but potentially to his detriment, mm-hmm. when at his core, you can see he still is a person, an artist who very much cares about these things. Well, I wanted to get to some of our favorite tracks from this record, you know, songs that jumped out, songs that spoke to something broader, songs that have interesting guests on them. I mean, we've kind of alluded to the fact that some some really intriguing guests kind of pop up and get features on this record. Do you want to hit us with a favorite song, Isabella? Unfortunately, my favorite moment in the album did not include Bad Bunny. Um, it was <laughs> the start of Fina when I heard Young Miko's mm. voice. I've been preaching the gospel of Young Miko to everyone who will listen for the past year. <laughs> I literally heard this song and I was like, Isa's gonna die. I love this woman. I think she is such an interesting person in the world of urban music in Puerto Rico and hip hop in general. You know, she's a queer woman. She is, you know, rapping about loving women constantly. And that's just so refreshing to hear and especially to hear in Spanish. I mean, that's just like five or 10 years ago that would not have been, you know, on the top artists album at all. So that was really exciting for me. And I think, again, like to to what Ana is saying, I think it's a really subtle way for him to like he 
talks the talk, but of him walking the walk of being like, this is who I'm choosing to support. This is who I'm choosing to bring up with me into this album. He gives Miko space to do that. And then there's this wonderful moment on that song where there's a Tego Calderon, Paque Retosen sample and young Miko is singing over it. I know you wanna see me, so no and to me, that's just like, you know, Bad Bunny acknowledging like the, the past of reggaeton, the present of reggaeton and the future of reggaeton. Like who's really challenging? You know, Tego Calderon did his thing and is still doing his thing. Bad Bunny was such a huge disruptor to the genre. And then to me, it's him pointing at who he's looking to to keep pushing things forward. And like the fact that that's a queer woman, like explicitly talking about women in the way that she is, like, that rocks. I That was really, really exciting for me. Awesome. How about you, Ana Maria? Oh, I mean, honestly, I can never not get got by some gorgeous strings. Mm-hmm. I, like, lay some some rapping over some classical sounds, and that just, to me, like, nothing quite does it. So I thought <laughs> Nadia Sabe was a really strong start. I, it is him kind of just, you know lamenting all of the challenges of fame which we talked enough about that but just sonically i loved it i loved hearing that it sounded i i fully got sucked in um in the way that i think he intended us to be a song that I really stood out to me, not because it was particularly impressive, but just because it felt like a really classic Bad Bunny track was Gracias por Nada. It just like felt like a really like kind of an ode to that middle era of him where he does the classic just kind of break up heart sick. Um, I'm thinking like Yonaguni. I'm thinking like uh, like si estuviésemos juntos, like the really emo yes, in his feelings. Exactly, bad he bunny. gets his emo bad bunny, and yeah. I love an emo bad bunny. I will say it all the time. So I loved that. I also thought that Telefono Nuevo was really a strong. I love like he always makes really interesting production choices and I loved that kind of mid-song pivot. I thought the rapping on it was incredible. Um so I really thought that was a strong one and and I love when he experiments and when it really hits right. For me, I'm a sucker for the songs that sound like singles. You know, and I, and I felt like as this record went along, especially it starts to kind of cruise into its back half. And then it starts kind of throwing haymakers and landing with just like big, brash songs that you can imagine hearing on the radio. You can imagine them blaring out of people's cars. Uh, Vuelve Candy B pops out as like a big for lack of a better word, it's just a banger. And then, you know, Acho Peere brings in these guests, you know, Arcangel, uh, De La Ghetto, Nyengo Flow, you know, pop in, you get a mix of other voices, which kind of just like ratchets up the energy. Pa mi gente de el barrio, pa mi 
I like these kind of bangers and anthems that fill out some of the back half of this record and keep it from getting draggy when an 80-minute album might start dragging. Yeah, I agree totally on on Nacho Perre. I think it was like, it's so fun that he, I mean, he's so meta about it, you know, because he has these voice memos being like, these are the artists I grew up listening to as they're like rapping. (laughs) But it works, you know, because he's, again, he's like, talking about how big he is and it's nice to see him be humble in this moment and like I don't know I think it's cool that you wait three minutes until you hear Bad Bunny and he really gives his heroes like the room to to play and to have this you know really hooky little sing-songy thing about how it's a song for like working class people in, in Puerto Rico I disagree in the sense that I do think the album drags I think it's it felt way too long I love that you said that Issa because I'm like can we all acknowledge that like Bad Bunny's cheesy like, he's cheesy, and he's, like, actually secretly just, like, the nerdy little music-obsessed kid who, like, loves all his icons. In a way, if you were to step back for a second, this record is actually, like, feels like a research project at certain moments to me. Like, it feels like the man, like, he interpolates so much, he samples so much, he pulls from so many places. It's, like, there's so many hidden gems, honestly, I think, in what mm-hmm. he does. Like, He's a well-researched dude. Like, this did not come out of no care and no love and no effort. But it's just, like, the representation at times. It's like, Benito, what are you doing? (laughs) And that's relatable. He's a music nerd. That's so relatable. That's why we love him. That's relatable for us, Isa. (laughs) But I think that's really important and kind of gets back to kind of the central critique of this record that we were talking about is relatability and how he has built so much of his stardom as like representing the people of Puerto Rico and speaking to and and for them and celebrating them instead of kind of, I'm going to address the part where I threw a fan's phone. (laughs) You know, I I think that relatability and that love of the music is where this record really shines. A hundred percent. I'm like, Stephen, you brought up the Taylor Swift example, right? Of like, Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift now. How relatable is she? But she does a beautiful job of still tapping into the parts of herself that do connect with the mm-hmm. masses. And I think that that's why she's been able to stay on top. And the question here is, will Bad Bunny be able to realize that his authenticity is not is not everyone's anymore? His What comes to top of mind for him about his woes in his life at this point is not what appeals to all of us. So maybe he has to almost compromise or be a little inauthentic in the sense that he's not going to the first thing that's that's present for him to to reach all of us. I don't know. I kind of disagree with that. Like, I think <laughs> I totally hear where you're coming from. But like, I liked that he referenced the fan thing. I like that he's like, obviously referencing Kendall in a million ways. Like, people will talk about how do we communicate? We're not going to tell them. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's fun that he's like, yeah, I read all the stuff you guys post on X, formerly Twitter. And, like, I'm a person and I have I have stuff to say about it. Like, I think, to me, that speaks to his authenticity because he's, like, able to keep managing, like, his very unique places, Bad Bunny, but also then later tapping into, like, my ex was mean to me and I'm so sad about it. Like, I, I love the duality of those for him. Okay, but the part where he thanks Gabby, I mean... Come on. Tears. <laughs> the, the listeners cannot hear Isabella dragging her index finger from the side of her eye down the side of her face. Tears. 
All right. Well, we want to know what you think about Bad Bunny. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Ana Maria Sayer, Isabella Gomez Sarmiento, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We want to take a moment to thank our Pop Culture Happy Hour Plus subscribers. We appreciate you so much for showing your support of NPR. If you haven't signed up yet, want to show your support, and listen to this show without any sponsor breaks, head over to plus.npr.org slash happy hour, or visit the link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Mike Katzif and edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Stephen Thompson, and we will see you all tomorrow. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com switch.